Hi, we're here with another episode of Manufacturing Matters at the Vision Show in Boston, uh, where uh, we're talking to Cam Seide, and he's with NIST and ASTM, uh, and we're going to talk about what that is and what they do. So, Cam, could you tell us a little bit more about, uh, people have heard these acronyms, I'm sure, uh, and they may have an idea of really what it means and, and what that, uh, how, that tie, how those words and, and uh, letters tie in. Could you give us a little background on what NIST and ASTM is and uh, sure. how, how, they, how those organizations work? Sure, okay, thanks for having me. Um, so NIST is the National Institute of Standards and Technology. Uh, we are an agency in, under the U.S. Department of Commerce. And our mission is to promote uh, U.S. competitiveness and improve efficiency um, in order to do a lot, of, a lot of things, including improving our quality of life. Um, and so I work in the engineering lab at NIST. And under the engineering lab, there's obviously many divisions. I'm in the intelligence systems division. And the intelligence systems division is focused on making uh, things, uh, improving things for manufacturing specifically. Um, and so we have programs on, uh, for example, additive manufacturing, looking at uh, specifically for metal additive manufacturing. Uh, so looking at how to improve the process of uh, the metal additive manufacturing, how to understand what happens uh, at the laser interface with the powder and so on. Um, and so we do a lot of work in that. It's a program on its own. Uh, we have a program, the program that I'm under is uh, manufacturing, uh, sorry, measurement science for manufacturing robotics. And that's focused specifically on everything to do with robots and sensors and so on to improve the manufacturing process. Mm -hmm. So that's NIST. Uh, ASTM, it used to stand for American Society for Testing Materials, but now it's just ASTM. They rebranded. It's mm -hmm. ASTM International. So I don't work at ASTM International, but I am um, involved in several uh, standards committees under ASTM. Uh, specifically for this, I am involved in ASTM Committee E57 on 3D imaging systems. Mm -hmm. And I'm the vice chair of that committee. Um, and then I'm also the chair of the subcommittee on uh, industrial machine vision systems. So that's E57.23. Okay. Um, and ASDM is a standards development organization. And they develop standards for all sorts of things. Um, NIST also helps develop standards for all sorts of things. So that's how these two are tied together. Excellent. Can you tell us a little bit more about E57 and how that's uh, going to be uh, helping manufacturing and particularly manufacturers involved with uh, imaging and 3D imaging. Sure. So um, E57 is a committee that was started uh, back in 2006. And at the time we were working with the US construction industry actually on um, trying to improve their processes. And so we were, I was involved in uh, research on robotics for construction and so on. And we quickly, quickly realized back uh, actually, we realized back in 2001 that LiDAR was going to play a significant role in a lot of these uh, technologies, especially when you're dealing with robotics. And so we started working with a lot of companies, uh, you know, the biggest names in uh, LiDAR that you can think of, and company construction companies and so on, and also quickly realized that there were no standards for these things. So people were trying to use them 
and did not understand their performance. So in 2006, we established E57, ASTM E57 on 3D imaging um, and started developing standards for those kinds of terrestrial-based lighters. Um, our focus has shifted uh, because of the importance of manufacturing uh, to the U.S. and the nation. And so we switched a lot of our work to focus on 3D imaging for manufacturing applications. And so specifically uh, in the subcommittee that I just mentioned, uh, we are working on uh, several standards to address the performance of some of these systems that are used in manufacturing. So for example, uh, uh, 3D imaging systems that are used for bin picking applications, uh, how well do they work? Uh, or uh, 3D imaging systems that are used on AMRs to do obstacle detection, people detection, how well do those work? Um, and I know there are lots of standards, um, 3D imaging systems in terms of interfaces and communication protocols and, and so on, or, or safety for those that are rated for safety applications. We're not dealing with any of those standards. We're looking at specifically the performance. So when you use a depth sensor, for example, and you're getting the depth uh, to a certain object, how reliable is that number? Can you put a uh, bounds on it, uncertainty bounds on that number? Similarly for resolution, so we've got, so these are two standards that we're working on, depth error and depth resolution. Mm -hmm. And then of course we're working on uh, bin picking um, and how do you even, uh, what kind of metrics do you need to understand the performance of bin picking and then how do you measure those metrics? And the fourth one that we're working on is of course, how do you go about selecting a 3D machine vision system for a certain application? And that's something we're working with you on uh, yes. in that committee. Yes, and uh, I find that very, uh, very rewarding and also very valuable. And uh, tell us a little more about those work items and um, people get involved externally, right? That's right. So um, NIST, so just for, for those who are not familiar with NIST, NIST is a non-regulatory agency. So we don't set standards, we don't set codes, we don't enforce them. We work with industry to help develop the measurement science. Uh, we, we have a lot of uh, capabilities, obviously, at NIST uh, for doing ground truth measurements, for example. We have all sorts of fancy instruments that we don't expect anybody else to have necessarily, but we use those to help develop the tests and, mm -hmm. and so on. And so um, for, the, uh, for all of the tests, the standards that we uh, work on, we like to work with industry on them. And most of the time they're led by industry. So for example, the depth error standard that we're working on is led by Intel RealSense. Uh, the bin picking standard is led by Apera. Um, and then you lead the, the one on the best practices for selecting a 3D imaging system. Mm -hmm. And so we are there as uh, support. We're, we're also very familiar with the standards development process. So we kind of help guide that uh, as well. But we're there to um, help gather data, produce experiments, analyze data, and provide that information to the committee. So we have participation, obviously, from uh, not just industry, but academia and other government organizations who are interested in, in these kinds of activities. So it's like, for example, some of the things we do is develop test beds as well. So we have developed a bin picking test bed at NIST where we have six different bin picking systems uh, interfacing with two different robots. That way we can then support that standards effort in comparing and, and figuring out how best to test these systems, what's fair across 
different kinds of systems and not just using one, one system to develop that test. That's, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's a really interesting part that I found uh, of NIST. Mm. Uh, you actually have a team that is, that is hands-on with uh, components and with manufacturing systems, and they work with those and learn and learn from that and learn how to apply the standards or how to, uh, to work with the standards. Isn't that right? Can you yes. elaborate on that a little more? Yes, so we've got, um, we've got under the uh, Measurement Science for Manufacturing Robotics program, we've got six, sorry, seven different projects uh, going on that deal with different aspects of robotics in manufacturing. And, and so we've got teams working on the safety aspect uh, working on the human-robot collaboration aspect. You know, what are the interfaces that, that are needed for those? How well do they work? Uh, and so on. Um, looking at the manipulation and the dexterity of the manipulators and the grippers mm -hmm. and so on. And, and others, agility, for example. In our project, which is looking at the perception uh, aspect of it, we've got, uh, obviously, a team of researchers who are, like you said, hands-on with the robots, with the vision systems, and trying to understand how they work. Um, and then we also look at, well, what other standards obviously are out there and what's, what's missing? And so a big part of what we do is to try and understand how those standards work. Uh, we obtain the standards, we run the standards uh, on the systems that we have. But unfortunately, there aren't many standards for these applications and that's right. why uh, we're working on right. these. Uh, in closing, could you give our our audience and the manufacturing people who are listening, uh, just a, your take on how standards in general and the things that you work on every day or work with every day, how those really ultimately benefit them in the in the manufacturing environment. Yeah. And just as a uh, just as a general thought. Yeah, that's a that's a very good question that we get asked all the time. Yeah. And it's, sometimes it's hard to explain um, mm -hmm. the benefits of standards in general. But you know, just think of common things and you know this is what i'll uh, talk about in my talk later today but mm -hmm. uh, imagine if you were going to board a plane and there were no standards for certifying pilots mm -hmm. you know i wouldn't i wouldn't board a plane if i knew that pilots were just you know haphazardly chosen um or um choosing a car with uh, fuel economy uh, based on fuel economy you want something that's f fuel efficient but imagine if there were no fuel economy standards uh, and so each manufacturer would tell you, my car works this way, or my car is this fuel efficient. Um, you would have a hard time. Those are the kinds of benefits uh, for people in having standards. Um, it's easier to understand st the benefits of standards from the user perspective, just like mm -hmm. I explained. Mm -hmm. From the manufacturer perspective, perspective and when, when I say manufacturer, I mean the manufacturers of the vision systems, for example, in this case, it's a bit harder. Uh, especially when you have manufacturers uh, that are very popular, let's say, and they have a corner on the market. Well, they say, well, you know, my market share is pretty good, so why do I need standards? I'm doing really well. Eventually, uh, they, they come around because they see how standards are helping the smaller manufacturers of these systems. Mm -hmm. And when people start asking, when people start understanding how these systems perform and asking uh, the, the people who are trying to sell them machine vision systems, well, what do you mean by accuracy? Uh, what do you mean by point precision? Is that tested to something that I can understand? Show me the test. And so when they start, when the small manufacturers get on board and start specifying their systems based on standards, the big manufacturers uh, usually mm -hmm. come around. Wonderful.
Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for your time today. And we'll join you again on another episode of Manufacturing Matters.